we move on to the big bit of business that came down last night. Kevin Durant traded by the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns. And joining us right now, the writer who covers the Nets for ESPN.com, Nick Friedel, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Now, Nick, from what I understand, you got sent to Atlanta to talk to the Suns about this because of the trade. Is that correct? That is correct. I am here in Atlanta right now. So so you talked to Monty. You were there in the room. What was kind of the vibe and the reaction of the deal from the Suns' perspective on this since you were lucky enough to be there? I think the Suns are so happy because they know who Kevin Durant is. They know what he represents, and that is the missing piece potentially to a title. But I'd also tell you guys, in listening to Monty Williams, in talking to a couple of the players just now getting out of the locker room, there is almost a sadness because they were so close to Mikhail Bridges and so close to Cam Johnson, and they got to know them over the course of the last few seasons, and they, they had so much success as part of lifting this team back up. So I asked Monty Williams, how do you keep the focus on the game instead of all the stuff that we're all talking about because everybody's human? And he looked at me and he's like, you don't. You just got to allow guys to try and focus the best they can and try and work as hard tonight as they can to get a win. But that part of this is what I think a lot of people forget sometimes is as ecstatic as everyone in that room and within this organization that I've talked to is about getting Kevin Durant, there is also the human element in play of we just lost two guys who have been with us for a while who have helped us and who a lot of people have really strong relationships with. Nick, let, let's talk about the Nets' perspective because, in reality, they got everything that they wanted out of the Phoenix Suns. In the summer, when the Suns were chasing KD, they made two offers. One was you could have Cam and McHale, but not the picks. And the other was you could have all these picks, but you can't have Cam and McHale. In the end, the Nets got Cam, they got McHale, and they got all the picks. So patience paid off for the Nets in waiting this thing out. Very much so. And I think the Nets were only going to make this move if they got everything you just described in that second offer. Because, guys, let's face it, nobody wants to move Kevin Durant. (laughs) I mean, he's one of the greatest players in this era. And having watched him now day to day, because I covered him that last season in Oakland with the Warriors, and I covered him again the last year and a half or so in Brooklyn. He's that good. I mean, he really is. You'll, you will see things on a nightly basis with Kevin that you just haven't seen before. A guy who's seven feet tall who runs down the floor and is knocking jumpers down all over the place. So he, he is worth it to me. As somebody who covers the league, you, you, you push all your chips in for a player like Kevin Durant. But as far as the Nets are concerned, that patience was there. And I think there are two factors in play. And Woj reported as much on Ishbia and, and the impact that he is trying to make early on. But, but the other part is Kevin, for three and a half years in Brooklyn, did everything that Joe Sy, the owner, and Sean Mark, the GM, 
asked of him as the star of the team. He set the tone for the group. Now, books will be written about how much of a meltdown that whole thing turned into. But yes. a lot of people had a lot of love for Kevin Durant within that organization. So they didn't want to move him because we all know what that means when you do. When push came to shove, though, and you move Kyrie and you're Kevin, you know that you can't win a title with the pieces that are in place. So there are a lot of layers. There always are. But as far as Brooklyn's perspective goes, you understand why the organization, they're not happy right now moving Kevin, but they know that they got a haul back in return. How much of, of an issue is his age, the injuries, the calf, the Achilles tendon? How much of an in, uh, of an issue do you think it will be for the Suns going forward that he is an older player that has had some injuries? I can only tell you anecdotally in, in my time covering him in these last few years. Sadly, you can bank on Kevin missing a month to six weeks now every year. And we saw the same knee injury, and, and it's just bad luck. Jimmy Butler falls into his knee. Bruce Brown, his teammate last year, falls in, into his knee. But that's six weeks. Boom. And at this stage of his career, I, I, I just I don't know how he's going to be able to play night after night after night, given what we've seen over time. I tell you, though, that Kevin puts in the work. And there's a reason why the guy is one of the very best that we've ever seen. He is in the gym all the time. Draymond Green mentioned this in one of his podcast appearances a few months ago, and I know in talking to people in the Warriors organization, it makes sense. He said that the game reps that Kevin does, the, the reps that he, he does, those are game reps all the time. It's not for a lack of trying to stay on the floor. It's just that when you are about to be 35 in the NBA, those kind of things pop up. So anybody who's thinking that Kevin's going to come in and he's going to play all the time, that's probably just not based in reality. The only thing you can hope for if you're the Suns is you hope that he's ready for the postseason and the grind that comes with playing every other day at that type of high level against great competition. Last one for Nick Friedle. He's the ESPN writer who covers the Brooklyn Nets for ESPN and ESPN.com. They sent him to Atlanta to talk to the Suns about acquiring Kevin Durant. The Suns are in Atlanta taking on the Hawks tonight. He's kind enough to join us. Our last question for you is is from your perspective and your conversations with the Nets. How do they feel about Mikel and Cam? How do they see those guys fitting in and building around them moving forward with the future? Because now, honestly, I think you've got a lot of Brooklyn Nets fans who are living here in Phoenix will follow that team and watch that team and want that team to do well because of those two guys. How are they going to fit in? I think Mikhail Bridges fits in any team you can think of. Yep. The amount of people who rave about him and what he does on the floor and the type of person he is off of it is unbelievable. I mean, there is a reason the Nets were holding out and holding out and holding out and then boom. Bridges finally is included, and, and this thing works itself out. They love him. So how that plays over time, we'll see. But absolutely, when you talk to people around the league, it feels like he could turn into an all-star and be that stalwart on a team that gets back into contention over and over. With Cam Johnson, he's a talented young player. He, you'd think he's only going to improve over time. 
but between and and we laid this out when you have those type of players and then you throw in every graphic it feels like there is over the next you know six years or so uh, you feel pretty good if you're brooklyn but to me it, it starts with bridges he has really made a name for himself across the league and i can tell you uh, that the Nets really, really like him a lot and are hoping that he is able to take the next step with them. Nick, uh, we really appreciate it. Great insight, especially since you're there, kind of boots on the ground with the Suns in Atlanta. Thank you for coming on. I know we've had you on a couple times in the past as well talking about this. We appreciate your time and your diligence. We hope to talk soon. All right, you got it, guys. Thanks for having me.